Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Baluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, a ball deodorant, and the Crop Reviver, a ball toning spray. Both super practical, and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to former Giants left-handed pitcher and current NBC Sports Bay Area analyst Sean Estes about, well, everything going on with the San Francisco Giants this week. When we initially wanted to talk to Sean, it was about the red-hot Giants winning streak. And in the last couple of days, the landscape of baseball and really professional sports has changed after the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We'll talk to Sean Estes about the protests and the boycott that the Giants and the Dodgers had on Wednesday night where they opted not to play their baseball game. And since then, the NBA, the NHL, the MLS, and other teams in Major League Baseball have decided to follow suit and not play scheduled games near the end of this week. We did record this with Sean on Thursday, so keep that in mind as you understand and listen to what it is he's got to say. And since recording this, there have been more protests and more teams, even more leagues like the NHL, opting to sit out their Thursday playoff games. It's Friday, August 28th. We welcome in now former left-handed pitcher Sean Estes. I guess you'd still be a left-handed pitcher if you were pitching, but you're just not in the game anymore. Sean, it's great to have you on the podcast, man. Hey, good to be here, man. I am still a lefty, although it doesn't work like it used to, so I could probably throw harder right-handed these days, unfortunately. <laughs> You know, what's kind of funny, man, is, uh, and just before we get into a couple more serious things, I met you when I was, I must have been like seven or eight years old, man, and you were still pitching for the Giants. My dad was interviewing you for a Mornings on 2 local TV show here, a news show in the Bay Area, and uh, we were at like the Exploratorium or something for some baseball fast pitch thing, and you showed me the difference between a two-seam and a four-seam, so even for a right-handed, like, seven-year-old, your left-handed pitching chops were pretty good at, uh, at, at being a pitching coach, man. <laughs> Well, not only did you just age me right there, I appreciate that, but did I help you with your four and two seam? Did you end up uh, pursuing baseball at any point? I pursued baseball, but how about this? I was a catcher. So uh, yeah, I guess it, it helped out a little bit. How about that? Yeah. Well, you knew what you were catching, I guess, or you knew what signs to put down. You knew that a pitcher had two pitches. I mean, when you're seven years old, you typically think that you grip it and throw it as hard as you can, no matter what seams you find, right? Yeah, yeah Typically, it. you teach a four seamer to a kid, but a two-seamer usually comes around a little bit later when your four-seamer starts getting hit around a little bit more. I don't think I developed a two-seamer until I was probably in my third or fourth year of pro ball. 
I think you're probably right. I don't think I caught a, a kid with a two-seamer like till later in high school maybe and even after that. And, of course, now they, they don't want kids throwing breaking balls at a young age, so a little bit different. But, uh, anyway, that was my first Sean Estes experience, and now we got another one. So fun to regroup with you, man. But, unfortunately, it's about not so fun of a topic and, and what's going on with baseball. But I think that you played in an era, man, where, where you played with a lot of African Americans on the Giants. You played for a black manager in Dusty Baker. And I thought maybe getting your perspective on what happened with the Giants and their decision alongside the Dodgers to not play baseball on Wednesday was one of the more poignant moments in baseball history. What'd you think of that? I agree. And, you know, I, I was semi aware of what's been going on, you know, with the Blake situation. I hadn't read up a lot on it and exactly what happened, but I have since. And then also what transpired in Kenosha yesterday and really just the, the differences in how race is treated in those situations. It's really appalling. The Bucks got the ball rolling with basketball yesterday, and it, it trickled on down to you know baseball and three teams doing that, and even um, the number one tennis player in the world sitting out a match because of it. I think that it has to happen in order to bring more awareness and to create more discussions about this whole issue, this has to happen. I really believe that this is the time for it as well, because, you know, due to the pandemic, you know, people really, really wanted the outlet of sports. We didn't have any sports for a long time. So people needed that in their lives. They needed something to look forward to, to turn their television on and something to get excited about, you know, and that's what sports provides. The entertainment value provides for most people. So when you have more eyes on you, whatever sport it might be, then obviously the message is a lot stronger because more people are seeing what you're doing. So I don't have a problem at all with, if you want to call it politics, whatever you want to call it, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as just a platform to express how you feel about what's going on in the social injustices in this world, in this country right now. And if you have that platform, especially in sports right now, where more eyes are on you, you should use it because that's going to just draw way more awareness than it would in any other year. I think it falls right in line with what we expected out of Gabe Kapler. And when we saw him take a knee for the first time and the first coach or manager in any major sport to have done that, and we talked about those issues then, unfortunately, we have to do it again because, and I don't think the discussions are going to ever stop, but if they don't continue being talked about, then I think that people just brush it off. They're not as aware. Unfortunately, another incident had to happen to where now athletes are taking even a bigger stand and that's just not playing sports. So I wish it would have been something that every team did yesterday in Major League Baseball. And I think the Major League Baseball dropped the ball on that one because I think that they they could have definitely taken it out of the players' hands where, where it gets uncomfortable in a clubhouse, you know, to have to make that decision. And if they would have just taken that stand for the whole greater good we could have seen every team yesterday postpone their games and it would have created way more awareness in every market that these teams were playing in and that would have been nationwide uh, unfortunately and maybe based on when the bucks decided to, to postpone their game and the trickle down effect the east coast teams weren't aware of this didn't have the knowledge of it at the time and so therefore you get some of the west coast teams doing it whatever but I still feel like they have an opportunity to do it, you know, today even. And so I think that that's something I'm a little disappointed about. But the fact that the Dodgers and the Giants did it, which hits a little closer to home for us, was awesome. I really think it was something that had to happen. And I really loved how the Dodgers players rallied around, you know, Mookie Betts and 
you know, his decision not to play. And they believe that that was the right thing to do. I really commend them for that. And then obviously the Giants falling right in the line with Gabe Kapler believes. And I think his team, they had discussions about it. Who knows if they were going to postpone or not, but they ended up making that decision to do that when the Dodgers did. And I think it was great for what's going on in the country right now. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I share that sentiment with you about Major League Baseball, and you're right. The timing of it might have been a, a little funky for you know trying to get East Coast teams on board, and then the Central teams. You had Jason Hayward sit out for the Cubs, but the Cubs then played their game. It did feel a little weird though that some of the other teams were playing in light of what teams on the West Coast were doing. I know the Giants and the Dodgers and the Mariners and the Padres opted not to play, but you made a statement there about you know it could get a little a little tense maybe with conversations like that that happen in the clubhouse, and this already kind of happened earlier this year. And I don't want to call out Sam Coon because I think he had every right to stand for the, the national anthem, though I know that that could have created some tension. And I'm not looking for you to, to disparage the guy or anything. But I want to know, from your perspective, having played with guys from different backgrounds and different colors and creeds in a locker room where it would be foolish, I think, to assume everybody on one team or even in one classroom or whatever it is has the same beliefs and backgrounds. Do you think that helped you understand a little bit differently what African-Americans went through? Guys like Dusty Baker, who was on deck when Hank Aaron breaks... Babe Ruth's home run record. I, I just wonder what your thoughts on that and, and if that changed your perspective on life or, or outlook on what it is that African-Americans go through on the day-to-day basis. Here's the thing about when I played, there wasn't a lot of what's going on that we're seeing in the forefront now based on people's cell phones recording things. Maybe a business has a, a surveillance camera that it can pick something up. I mean, there's cameras everywhere now. There wasn't that going on like they just didn't have that when i came up and so you didn't see a lot of the things that were going on behind the scenes and the major media outlets they're going to show you what they want to show you and so a lot of times you weren't seeing this type of behavior or police brutality or you weren't seeing the what like you said black people go about on a day-to-day basis and and just the racism that's out there i didn't notice it as much when i played i really didn't and i think is because there wasn't a lot of conversations amongst white and black players about what black players went through on a day-to-day basis. I wish there was more discussions when I played. Uh, I would have been a little bit more aware of what was going on. I typically fell to the side of just, we're all teammates, we're all in this together. I don't care what color you are. You're my brother, I'm on the team with you, and we're going to go out and battle together. You know, And then you can pick your friends away from the ballpark. But as you're playing with this group of guys, they're your family. And so you you have their back no matter what. That's how I felt. There's definitely more black players when I played than there are now. And I played, you know, there was a handful of them that I played with, you know, every year. I don't know if they just talked about these things amongst each other, if it was something that they kind of just felt powerless to talk about, like their voices wouldn't be heard anyway. Or if they felt like maybe it was just a burden for the white players. I didn't notice any of those conversations happening. I never looked at it like that. Now I look at it from a completely different perspective just because of what we've seen now, what goes on outside of the bubble that that we live in. And there is a bubble of playing Major League Baseball. Everybody knows it's, it's a great opportunity and you have to work hard to get to that point. And everybody gets in that bubble and they just kind of feel like they should stay there. You know, no one really wants to be the outspoken one because they don't want to be blackballed from the game or they don't, they're afraid of the repercussions of speaking their mind or, or bringing about certain 
injustices, much like we saw Kaepernick. You know, Kaepernick did what he did, and now he's not around anymore. He felt those repercussions, yet he was still willing to take a stand. Now it's a little bit more popular to do that, and there's a little bit more comfort in that. And that's why I think yesterday was very powerful, because 8% of the major leagues is black players. Now, a lot of Latin players, but in a majority white. And so for baseball to be that sport that is the majority white, for baseball to do it, I think it shows you that the white players are now starting to realize, like, this has got to stop, you know, and it's bringing more awareness, I think, probably to every white player in, in every major league clubhouse that this is really what we're talking about is humanity. And it's up talk, we're talking about treating people equally. And that's not what we're seeing right now. Um, and, and, and I think it's obviously, I think social media, there's definitely pros and cons to it. But this is something right now that we have to shed light on. And I think that social media is obviously creating this awareness now. And I think that now you're just going to find more guys that are become more educated on what's going on. And I think that's what has to happen. We need to have conversations to where it's easy just to be comfortable in your life and being white and being privileged and going about your daily business and, and not having to worry about anything else. But there's people out there that all lives matter, you know, and that's why we have the Black Lives Matter movement, because we're all human beings. And we if you really have any moral bone in your body, we should all be created equal and we should all have equal opportunity. And it's just not there. Now we're starting, we're starting to see that. So I love what's going on. I'm behind it all the way. I hope that players can continue to take stands on the matter. Sean, I think this is a great conversation, man. We're out of time, but uh, but I really do appreciate you having this talk with us. And and I think you share a unique perspective, man, being that you're a, a former white Major League Baseball player in a clubhouse where there were not tons of black managers and there are not tons of black players. I think you have a unique perspective. And I think your thoughts on this and, and you being an ally and a champion for our African-American community is a, is a really positive one, man. So I want to thank you uh, for things that you've said, and I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. It was great stuff. Okay, buddy. See you. Thanks, Adam. Boy, uh, conversations that we've got to continue to have, but um, there are not a lot of guys who have that, I guess, well, I guess there are a lot that have the unique perspective that, uh, that Sean Estes has, but the fact that he's willing to speak out on it and admit that at the time he played, this was just not something that was at the forefront of your mind, but now it is, and, and I think the things that he said about being blackballed from the sport for speaking out or, or stepping out of line are certainly going away, so... We did record this with Sean on Thursday, so keep that in mind as you understand and listen to what it is he's got to say as far as the social justice issues across the sports world are concerned. A big thank you to Sean Estes, a big thank you to Brian Smith, our producer, thank you to you, the listener, for continuing to be a positive influence in the community and for supporting us here at The Update. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening, and if you heard something here that you thought was notable or important, please pass it on to your friends. It's important that this message continues strong in our community. It was a fun week, despite some of the scary and sad stuff that happened in this country, but we're going to continue on with the update. We'll be back with you next week. On Monday, we're going to talk to our Warrior Beat reporter, Anthony Slater, about moves the Warriors could make. Can you believe this? They're actually talking Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to the Golden State Warriors. We'll get Anthony Slater's thoughts on all of that on Monday. For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to The Update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest-growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week.